This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. From MPB Think Radio, this is Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller here today with Kamel King. As we do every Friday, we'll be traveling across the state letting you know about people, places, and events that make Mississippi a fascinating place to live. We'll start this road trip off today with the one and only Malcolm White to learn about his new book and about this weekend's How St. Patty's Day Parade and Festival. Next, we'll head to Old Town Bay St. Louis for Arts Alive, and after that, we'll speak with J.J. Townsend about Citizen Jackson Gumbo. We'll end the show with music duo The Neon Sisters. Hold on tight because we're going for a ride here on Next Stop Mississippi. We'll be right back after the news. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, joined by Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. And as we do every week on this show, we are traveling around this great state, letting you know about all the great people, the places, and the events that make Mississippi such a fascinating place to live. I'm happy to be with Kamel today and want to wish him a belated happy birthday. Kamel has been... That's oh, right. No, Forever 27. Really. <laughs> right. And we've got a super special guest in the studio with us this morning, Malcolm White. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Glad the to man, be the myth. <clears throat> That's right. Well, it's good to be in the studio with you, Malcolm. I've started my MPB radio life with Malcolm. That's right. So here we are sharing microphones again. Love that. Yeah, I'm no stranger to Next Stop Mississippi, that's for sure. That's that's absolutely right. <laughs> or the Mississippi Arts Hour, that was the original. That's true, right next door. That's right, yeah. that's right, exactly. Well, and, and we're very grateful to MPB for hosting us and uh, allowing us to tell our story and to share the Mississippi story uh, live across the great state and into Alabama, Tennessee, and Arkansas, and Louisiana as well. That's right, that's across right. the lands. across, across the, lands. the world <laughs> over the internet. On the stream. Streaming across the ocean. There you go. Well, Malcolm, everybody knows you're a busy man, but this is an especially busy week for you, so we're really glad you could make time to be in the studio with us this morning to talk about this weekend's How St. Patty's Day Parade, but also to talk a little bit more about the Mississippi story that you share in your new book, the Artful Evolution of Helen Mouse. It came out this week. Wow. The book signing party was Wednesday at Lemuria with uh, illustrations by the great Ginger Williams Cook. Oh, it looks great. And an introduction by our friend Robert St. John. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, we'll also be uh, signing, Ginger and I will be signing books tonight at Cathead uh, from 3 until 7. And then the stomp is tonight, as, as you know. So we'll be marching from Cathead to Hal and Mouse, and then we'll have a second signing at Hal and Mouse. Uh, so there'll be two more book signings tonight, one at Cathead Distillery and then another one at Hal and Mouse. And then we go out across the globe, uh, our globe, the great state of Mississippi, and we, we're going to be promoting our book all across. The, we're in Cleveland. We're in Hattiesburg. We're going to Wiggins. We're going to Boonville. We're going everywhere to uh, share the story. But I, I want to thank Ginger Williams Cook for for being my partner on this, and she did a fantastic job, as did the University of Mississippi Press. We're so pleased with the book and uh, with the response, and we're grateful for Lemuria for hosting us last Wednesday. Now, I know that you listeners can't see the book, but, I mean, it is a piece of art. Uh, I can't wait to read it, but the artwork on it is so beautiful, just the texture of it. I mean, just to have it as a piece of, uh, on your coffee table would look great. So, I mean, you guys really got to pick this book up and the history in it. I know it's just so deep and wide. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. Thank you. It is beautiful. Thanks to Ginger Williams Cook. <laughs> well, you, you have gotten a lot of great press about this book and about the publishing. Uh, one of the stories, of course, that I was uh, particularly interested in was published on MississippiToday.org by one of our great writers, Alex Rozier. And, and in that story, Malcolm, you you explain that this collection, The Artful Evolution of Hallam Mouse, it's, it's a memoir, micro-memoirs mm-hmm. in a way, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a love story to your brother, Hal. Let's yeah. talk a little more about that. 
Well, Hal and I, of course, started this enterprise 33-some-odd years ago, but we'd been talking about it for many years prior to that. We actually started talking about opening our own restaurant and our own community gathering place back in the 70s. And so uh, we finally got it open. It's been open a long time. Uh, Family businesses are tough, uh, but I've enjoyed being able to reflect and tell the story of how we got started, going back to our childhood, people who influenced our lives, our family. There's a family tree in there. Uh, so the readers can, when they get to a story about my aunt Von Seal, they can mm. go back to the front and look at Von Seal and see where she fit into the family tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, yeah, it, it sort of started out as short stories about Howling Mouse and it ended up being a memoir and a love story to my brother because that's just the direction that it took. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time I thought about a story I wanted to write, or I wanted to, or I tried to write about a painting that Ginger painted. I would think about how and you know what story related to our uh, coming together to do this, to do to do the restaurant and all the other things that we did together. So, yeah, it's it's kind of a, a history of downtown, a history of of uh, of Hal and Mal's, a history of of my time here, Hal's time here. But it is mostly. Uh, a memoir and a love story to my brother and his recipe cards are featured prominently in there. Nice. He, um, that's really the first thing you see when you open up the yeah. book or house recipe cards with right. the, the stains and the wrinkles and the tears <laughs> oh, that we all, you know, are familiar with mm-hmm. that from our family recipes. Uh, we're looking at, at one right now for gumbo. This uh, looks like some sort of salad Ooh, dressing. You are giving yeah. away some secrets. Well, you know, that was the thing. Some of the family thought, Malcolm, please don't publish Hal's recipe cards. You're giving away the family secrets. And I said, well, first of all, no one can read his writing. <laughs> Second of all, they're all stained and ripped and torn. And thirdly, they're all uh, recipes for 10 gallons. or They're industrial yeah. strength recipes. So right. good luck if you think you can figure it out. What exactly. you do have there our list of ingredients uh, and some of Hal's recipes. Well, you know, as Camille and I were kind of laughing about when you walked in the studio, the man, the myth, the legend, Malcolm White with us here this morning. I think this book really does offer readers a a real insight into your life and your experience with this uh, incredible uh, journey and enterprise that we know as Hal and Mal's. And and it really is about the people's relationship to Hal and Mal's as well. Yeah, and and I think Alex from Mississippi Today really made a great point when he and I were visiting about the story he wrote, which is fantastic, as is Sherry Lucas's review, uh, as is uh, Jana's piece that she did in the Clarion Ledger. The you know the publicity, the ink has been overwhelming. I you know, and, and I'm just grateful that we were able to do that. But Alex pointed out that the illustration which is Ginger's favorite of the two kinds of onion rings, the thick cut, the Hal style, <laughs> and the thin cut, the mouse style. Alex said that to him that summarized what having brothers and sisters and siblings is all about. Mm-hmm. That just seeing that photograph, he said, yeah, that's me and my brother as well. Wow. He's a kid who grew up in New York City, went to Boston University, and he's reading a little book about Jackson, Mississippi, and he's able to like look at that and go, that's the same story in my family. That's universal. Man, I'm telling you. Well, Malcolm, I mean, uh, of course, they, these are kind of your memoirs, but give our listeners just a capsule of all of the things you've done in your career, because right now you're the executive director of the Mississippi Arts Council, and, you, I mean, you've done so many things. Howlin' Mao's a promoter. I mean, give them, tell them a little bit about yourself. <laughs> Well, it's all in the book, uh, as any uh, you know, great marketer would say. Of but, course, but you know, I, I, you know, have been in the private sector for a long time. I've I've opened businesses. I've had lots of restaurants and and clubs and gathering places that I've managed. I was in the hotel business in New Orleans for years. Um, I worked and lived in in Hattiesburg, and I came to Jackson in '79. I was offered a job uh, running a place called Oliver's restaurant in Highland Village, and uh, that was my first foothold in, into Jackson. But from there, I went to George Street Grocery, and then from there, I opened up a business called Malcolm White Productions, and that's when I started booking bands, pr- producing events, uh, really 
uh, sort of creating my own enterprise, mm-hmm. the entrepreneurial part. And then Hal and Miles followed that when my brother Hal moved here uh, in late 84 and early 85 when we said, okay, let's do this thing. Uh, but, you know, I've been blessed with, with a lot of lives. Uh, then in 2005, after Katrina uh, came ashore, I decided I wanted to do something significant for Mississippi. And my path was I applied for the job as executive director of the Mississippi Arts Commission because I had this notion <clears throat> excuse me, that no recovery was, was a complete and proper recovery mm-hmm. without the recovery of your culture, your art, and your story. Amen. Yes, and I was indeed. able to sell that notion uh, to Haley Barber and to Robert St. John, who was then on the board, uh, on the search committee at the Arts Commission, and, uh, and they hired me uh, to do that. And I thought, I'll do this for three years. I'll get this recovery piece underway. We'll mm-hmm. get art on the bridges We'll, we'll, we'll continue to try to save all of our cultural institutions on the coast. We'll rebuild with the idea that culture matters, that art is important, mm-hmm. that story is essential. And that mission was accomplished, and we sort of created a template for all recovery across the country. And, in fact, I've even been involved lately with Puerto Rico in recovering their culture, their art, and their story uh, after Maria. So I sort of got in uh, – on a new journey uh, about art as recovery, art as story. Mm-hmm. And I stayed there seven years. And then I was asked to become the state tourism director. I did that for three years, and now I'm back at the Arts Commission. So I've worked, you know, half of my life Man. in the private sector, and I'm working on the other half uh, in the public. And along the way, I've been blessed with all kinds of cool opportunities. You know, I self-published. My first book, which is a book of Instagrams called Little Stories, <laughs> it was successful, and then we we put we put this one together, and so here I am, you know, rolling out number two. Meanwhile, back at the ranch for <laughs> thirty five years, I've promoted the St. Patty's Parade, which I renamed uh, for my brother uh, about uh, three years ago uh, to be Hal's St. Patty's Parade. So. There are other things, but that's enough for now. But thanks Man, for asking. Man, what a maverick. <laughs> I know, I know. And the best-dressed guy around. <laughs> On top of that, and I that tell him all the And that coming from Kamel King is, is, a, is a high compliment, <laughs> Well, he, he, he's so gracious, and he, he stops me in the hallways of the Wolf Folk office building often and compliments my clothes. And I have to tell him, those clothes that I wear uh, are there because of Kara Norris. <laughs> <laughs> she ha- she's my style consultant and, and, and the love of my life. So we would all go. do well to have Kara Norris style us, <laughs> yes. let me tell you. Now, uh, let's talk a little bit about St. Patty's Day Parade this weekend, the Howl mm-hmm. St. Patty's Day Parade, 35 years, artfully alive at 35. Who's the Grand Marshal? V.A. Patterson. V.A. was um, the former director of the Manship House. She was the former director of the uh, Craftsman's Guild of Mississippi. She ran VSA Arts, Very Special Arts. She has dedicated her life uh, to promoting public art and arts and community and uh, and when I was thinking about this year, it's the 50th anniversary of the Mississippi Arts Commission in mm-hmm. this year. And I was thinking about a theme around art. And, of course, I named my book The Artful Evolution. So I'm sort of hung up on art and artful right now. Uh, but I thought about VA would be the perfect grand marshal. She helped start the crew of kazoos. She spent this life in, in the arts. And then I started thinking about it's also the 35th anniversary of the parade. Uh, and so I thought it's the artful evolution of Hal and Mouse. And then I thought we are artfully alive at 35. Mm. And that became the theme. And VA said yes. And so here we are. It's a great theme. Now, I am in one of the uh, elite marching crews of the of the Hal St. Patty's Day Parade, the Green Ladies. <laughs> and we have had a lot of fun preparing our costumes for Saturday's parade. The parade begins at 1 p.m. It does. And, uh, you know, get there early to get your spot carved in. Uh, but I will say, you know... Th- we all get hyped about Parade Day, and Parade Day is very important and very exciting. Malcolm, you guys have how many people coming in annually? Oh, 75,000 plus with a $10 million Ooh. economic impact uh, on the Jackson economy. God. So, you know, it's proven and it's radical, and it is probably the most unusual and largest for its demographic 
St. Patty's celebration uh, in the country. It's mm-hmm. it's not bigger than Boston. It's not bigger than New York. It's not bigger than than Savannah, Georgia. But after that, you start looking at these. But it is truly the most unique and unusual of all St. Patrick's celebrations, and it's one of the larger per capita of the city of our size. Well, I heard you say earlier this week mm-hmm. that in a lot of ways, this parade is about rites of spring. It's mm-hmm. about welcoming spring, and that's exciting. But for me, for those of us who do have the great opportunity to participate in the parade, so much of the joy comes from getting together with your friends yeah. and, and putting together your, your float or your parade items and just that community and that camaraderie yeah. that comes with the weeks leading up to the parade. And wow, what fun I've had in the last couple of weeks getting ready. <laughs> got to get you in, Camille. Yeah, man. This is an official invitation to join the O-Tuck Society. Oh, Ooh, now, now, that's a, now that is a lead a right there, sir. I will take that. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> and I just invited Felder, who's a former Grand Marshal, to come be there tomorrow to get in the lineup and to drive his refurbished truck through the parade. So look for Felder, and I hope Camille will either, if it's too short a notice, you can join us next year, but you're welcome to join us this Thank year. Thank you. Thank you. Well, that's Big great. Uh, the website is How's St. Patty's Day, excuse me, HowStPatty'sParade.com. You can find all of the information there. There's a 5K starting tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., Kids and Pet Parade at 9 a.m., and then, of course, the big parade at 1 with the festival following live music at 2.30. Yeah, we have a lot of fun uh, before, during, and after the parade. So, in, in fact, we start tonight with what we call the Stomp. It's an informal parade from Cathead to Howlin' Mouths. starts around 4 or 5 o'clock uh, at Cathead. And then in the morning at 7, they start lining up the floats. And then the Clarion Ledger Children's Festival's at 9. The uh, Hollywood Feed Pet Parade, which is a blast, starts at 10. And then the uh, Clarion Ledger uh, sponsors uh, the children's activities. Uh, and then, as you said, Howl's 35th annual mm-hmm. St. Patty's Parade steps off at 1 o'clock. Now, we have a new route, and this one has thrown a few people off because from time to time I tweak the route. So this Just year, to keep it interesting. That's right. Well, <laughs> there are other motives, too. But this year we start at State and Court, and we go opposite of the way we've gone for many years. We go down Court Street west to West Street, which is in front of the new Weston Hotel. We hang a right and go uh, on West Street to Capitol Street. The judges will be set up on the grounds of Thalumara Hall by Wonderful. the fountain. Uh, then we go to Capitol Street, and this is the motivation, getting back on Capitol Street. So we turn off of West uh, onto Capitol and parade east, past the governor's mansions, past St. Andrews, up to the beautiful old Capitol Museum. Then we hang a right on State Street and go back to Howlin' Mouse. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a little bit different. It's it's sort of backwards, but it uh, it achieves my goal, which was ever since the the construction began on Capitol Street to two way Capitol Street. We've been off of Capitol Street, and uh, I've missed it, and I think people have. So we're going back to Capitol Street, and that's the motivation. Well, that is wonderful. Full yes. circle, back to the future again. That's right. <laughs> that's great. Well, Malcolm White, thank you for being with us here on Next yes. Stop Mississippi this morning. Great to have you. Good luck this weekend as you uh, take on the world. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and we'll see you in the streets. <laughs> we'll see you in the streets. That's right. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, we'll speak with Steve Barney about Arts Hancock County and Arts Alive. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I listen to MPB a lot. I learned the symptoms of a female heart attack from Southern Remedy, and it helped me to save a co-worker's life. That's my MPB story. Hi, 
this is Bill Ellison, host of Grassroots on MPB. Since Grassroots falls on Saturday, St. Patrick's Day this year, we'll feature music that explores the strong Scotch-Irish influence on traditional American music, especially bluegrass. You'll hear a ballad that one ethnomusicologist called the most widely collected song in the English language. And did you know that Cotton Eye Joe is actually Irish? Tune in to Grassroots, Saturday night at 8 on MPB Think Radio. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org here with Visit Mississippi's Camille King. If you're just joining us before the break, we spoke with Malcolm White in studio about his new book, The Artful Evolution of Hallamow's own sale now and we also learned a bit more about this weekend's Hal's St. Patty's Day Parade and Festival. Fun interview with Malcolm. Yes indeed. Uh, always. Always uh, a lot to look forward to. It's a great weekend to be a Jacksonian or to visit Jackson. There so you go. we hope lots of folks will uh, be here for the parade. See you on the route. Now it's time to head to Old Town Bay St. Louis to speak with our friend Steve Barney. Welcome Steve. Good morning Mary. Great to have you uh, with us today. You are with the Arts Hancock County. Now, before we get into uh, info about your upcoming event, tell us a little bit about the Arts Hancock County. Well, the Arts Hancock County is an organization that's been around for about 15 years. It started out as a way to promote artists. Uh, We did a lot of studio tours, and, of course, uh, the organization was instrumental in helping people get their feet back up on the ground after the big storm. And uh, over the last few years, the organization has grown as the art and culture scene across Bay St. Louis and the whole Gulf Coast has grown. Um, and in the last several years, we've really dramatically increased the size of the organization and are doing lots of new events. And this Arts Alive event is our big capstone event of the year. Well, Steve, this year's theme is Interact, Participate, Create. Uh, kind of explain to us why you guys chose that as the theme. Well, you know, we live in an experience economy, you know, and there's lots of art shows around. But one of the real focuses that we do is to really bring in interaction and participation. We're really trying to encourage the next generation of artists. And there's just a giant focus on live demonstrations, hands-on activities, bringing the practice of making art to the public, uh, getting people turned on to it, getting them involved in the process, doing collaborative activities for everybody, kids, adults, everyone alike. Well, I love that part of your mission with the Arts Hancock County is promoting art in everyday life. Uh, that just means so much. That really resonates with me. And uh, and in this year's program, you guys are uh, are doing that in a way that you've never done before through a public art uh, uh, element. Can you mm-hmm. talk a bit about that? Yeah, we have a bunch of activities that uh, that are involved. We're doing this uh, steampunk sculpture build where we're taking a bunch of old bike parts and decorative wrought iron and letting some uh, welders and machinists loose with some artists and and bring the audience involved to help uh, create this uh, giant kinetic sculpture before everyone's eyes. Um, We have a community garden uh, dedicated to Ruth Thompson and uh, portrait artist Mickey Arnold is going to be doing a giant portrait of of Ruth with other artists and the public contributing to that. Um, We have some local school kids that are uh, drawing a giant triptych on three panels of plywood, and that's an opportunity for kids of all ages to come in and tell this story on this community tree. Uh, We're also uh, very uh, honored to have Walter Anderson's grandson, uh, Christopher Inglis Stebley, who's actually going to be doing some stencils for kids to help decorate the trash cans. So we're really Mm. big in the public art. Well, that's nice. Now, I was most interested in uh, the juried exhibition. So that is for the arts, uh, uh, Hancock Arts people only. But you get to see really the best of the best of your members. Is that kind of what the juried uh, exhibition is? Yeah, you know, it it used to be the juried exhibition was kind of a participation award. You know, you put something on paper and you're going to get in. But that has really changed. We have a internationally acclaimed uh, photographic artist, Gail Stevens, whose juried 
just the most incredible show, and we've got collections across mixed media, painting, 2D, three-dimensional, photo, digital, and we've brought in new members this year, uh, new members like Paulette Dove and Katie Daniel from the coast who've never joined before, and we just have some uh, internationally acclaimed artists along with uh, with some local artists who they were. this is their first time in, and the exhibition is just going to be stunning. Very cool. Now, Steve, we've been talking a lot about visual art, but uh, Arts Alive really incorporates art across every medium. You've really got a mashup of, of things happening through the weekend. So tell our listeners a little more about some of the other arts that will be uh, showcased at Arts Alive. Yeah, well, we, we have a big focus here. Part of our mission is to integrate art into STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. And there's mm. a, big, a big movement to integrate art into the science classroom. But we here at Hancock Arts think about it the other way. We try to integrate STEM into art. So we have a big makerspace tent where we're having a bunch of hands-on activities to teach kids. They don't really know they're learning about science and engineering, but we have a bunch of workshops where the Bay Rats Marching Battery is going to be leading a drum-making workshop out of upcycled materials. We're going to be doing some uh, layered screen printing with a nationally recognized artist, Kirk Grabowski. Uh, We're doing a digital circuit design in programming where kids can make their own video game controller out of a banana or any kind of material that they that they want uh you know and another aspect that we're doing is we have a whole uh kind of festival within the festival for uh the the lazy magnolia pottery village where Mm -hmm. we are demonstrating all types of aspects of wheel throwing hand building and decoration um cork and cleaver bistro is hosting a, a culinary artisan showcase where we have nine different vendors showing all kinds of artisanal tastes uh so you know all together we have close to 60 artists who are going to be showcasing their work and demonstrating all across old town now going back to the culinary artisan showcase are they just showing or can you actually (laughs) eat it (laughs) oh you can definitely eat it it's kind of lots of little tastes small tastes everything is uh available for for uh for, for for tasting for a phenomenal price. There's a, Arts Alive is is absolutely free to the public. Um, you know there are certain things that have uh, small charges associated with them, like the tastings of the food. Well, Mayor Margaret, you wouldn't want to go anywhere like that with me because I put on different outfits and disguises to keep coming to back. Keep to keep going get, through yeah, the line. Fake mustache and then a hat and <laughs> An then accent. an overcoat. Yeah. Hello, this is Kamala. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love another taste. <laughs> That's great. Well, Kamal, you remember you and I had lunch one day at the Cork and Cleaver. Yeah. And, uh, we it was enjoyed great. ourselves. Really so I'm sure did. that's going to be a wonderful, a wonderful element of Arts Alive. Now, Steve, tell our listeners uh, the website where they can go to learn more. And uh, remind us again of the date and the time. Yeah, so uh, the website is HancockArts.org. Um, that's you know the, the place where we have all the information about Arts Alive and participating and, and joining the organization. Um, the festival kicks off on next Friday, a week from today, on uh, the 23rd. We have upstairs at 200 North Beach Restaurant. That is where we're going to be unveiling the uh, juried exhibition and having all the awards presented. So that's 5 to 7 p.m. next Friday, the 23rd. And then the main event kicks off on Saturday, March 24th at 10 a.m. It goes all day long till. 5 p.m. We have all the artist showcases and the demonstrations happening throughout the day. After 5 p.m., the live music continues over at the Mockingbird Cafe, and then the day wraps up at 7 p.m. with a student film showcase where we have short films from students all over Mississippi. So Saturday, March 24th is going to be an action-packed day here in the Bay. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Steve Barney with the Arts Hancock County. Thanks for being on the line with us today. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll speak with J.J. Townsend about Jackson Gumbo. Don't go far. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio.
As a single mom, MPB's Education Parent Academy gave my life direction. I got a job, helped my sons excel in school, and I'm a better mom. That's my MPB story. That might sound like loose change to you, but to us here at Mississippi Public Broadcasting, it sounds like support. Now with the program Change by Soft Giving, you can round up your change from everyday purchases and support MPB and the programs you love. With every purchase, you show your support for smart, entertaining, and engaging programs that benefit all Mississippians. Sign up today by visiting mpbonline.org slash support and click Donate Your Change. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for joining us here today. If you're just tuning in, before the break, we spoke with Steve Barney about Arts Alive. That's taking place next weekend, Saturday, March 24th, starting at 10 a.m. in Old Town Bay, St. Louis. A full day of arts activities, food, visual art, performing art, experimental art. Pottery. Pottery. Public art. There's also going to be a Lazy Magnolia beer garden, which we did not mention, but I think a lot of people will be interested in. And then back to the artisan. That's right. The culinary artisans. That's right. That's right. Now, joining us in studio today, we've got J.J. Townsend. He's with Citizenville Jackson. Welcome, J.J. Nice to be here. We are so glad to have you here. Now, we're going to talk today about your Jackson Gumbo micro-grant dinner. But before we get into the event, let's talk more about Citizenville Jackson, a very innovative nonprofit organization you've got. Yeah, so uh, basically it's Kickstarter, GoFundMe, but for community-based projects Mm. uh, based right here in Mississippi. Uh, We bring together local citizens and sponsors to support great projects uh, happening uh, in this community. Uh, it's. I think it's going to be a really great way for Jacksonians and Mississippians with good ideas to apply for financial support, build awareness of their projects that they're doing. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you say community-based projects, like you probably wouldn't fund mine and Camel's like uh, duo <laughs> LP or but right. Well, if it was social in nature, so okay. maybe you can figure out a way to tie in the community where it's not just benefiting. Yeah, our pocket your private, right, your pocketbooks, yeah. but definitely tied in like to that, the community. That you're mm-hmm. innovative and flexible in the ideas of what 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 a community project really looks like, right? right. So it's not always organizing like a cleanup or an after school program, right? And it's not always raising money. So I think our yeah. platform will also be a great way to showcase what you're doing in the community, uh, building awareness, getting volunteers to help you implement the project. Now, J.J., what made you and, and your team kind of come up with the idea? Because it's like you're taking a, a global type of, you yeah. know, funding uh, mechanism and you're bringing it down to what the community needs. Yeah, um, really, it was just when I moved here two years ago, two and a half years ago, uh, I heard a lot of great ideas. And the, the ideas were just festering in people's brains. Yeah. Uh, but And they weren't acting on it. That's right. And so uh, one of the biggest barriers into actually implementing your project is raising money but also you know having that network of support to help you like i said get the volunteers get get the word out about it um it just there really there isn't an infrastructure in place for that and so i think with citizenville we can really do that and help regular people not just big organizations and well-connected people but just regular people uh, implement their projects and you know very interesting i mean yeah. everybody really brings a different skill set to a group and and what you're doing is kind of creating a little house for all those skill sets to come underneath the one roof mm-hmm. yeah very cool now mm-hmm. um upcoming next week thursday march 22nd at cathead distillery you're hosting what i believe is your first uh jackson gumbo micro grant dinner now this just sounds fun i mean that, yeah, it's, gonna, nice it's gonna title. be fun it's gonna be a great i don't event. know exactly yeah. what it is but yeah, it yeah, sounds, right. cool. it sounds good <laughs> tell us what it is so for five dollars uh attendees will get a bowl of gumbo and a vote uh so uh <laughs> we have six pre-selected uh projects that'll pitch their community idea and uh the project leaders that are pitching will have four minutes to share their ideas uh 
Oh, so the, like a Shark Tank. Yeah. Sort of like a Shark Tank community-based projects. Uh, but then all the attendees will get to vote on their favorite project. Wonderful. And so all the proceeds from the gumbo sales will go to the winning project. Wow. That is really innovative. That's slick. Yeah. So like and, and really, if you think about it, it's a way for like Citizenville to take our platform offline mm-hmm. where we're at a common table, the same dish. We're having real conversations about things that are impacting the community. So you're creating that live event uh, that gets people involved where you kind of put the face to the name and mm-hmm. uh, learn about these projects. You've got a, a pretty um, diverse group of projects mm-hmm. pitching. So let's hear a little bit about mm-hmm. some of these projects. Yeah, so uh, one is called uh, Environmentality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really cool group. Uh, they uh, do recycle pickup. Uh, and they also do like um, educating households on waste reduction. Uh, and so they'll be pitching their project. Uh, there's one called Soul, stands for uh, spreading our unconditional love. So her project is basically like having these like pop up shops for our homeless population. Wow. Mm. Uh, so uh, she wants to do um, massages and facials and also food and basic uh, like toiletries and mm-hmm. uh, things like that every other week. And so she'll be pitching that. Uh, we have a student led farmers market initiative. Uh, there's a group that's trying to get a, this farmer's market started up at Provon High School. Uh, so a way for the students to uh, not just uh, learn about growing uh, food, but also, you know, commerce, like selling food. Um, and uh, and then there's one called Nolia Coins. So this is, it's like an innovative education currency that incentivizes uh, positive academics and behavior. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, sort of think of it as like a, I guess when I hear the word currency, I think of like Bitcoins, you know, but it's sort of these little tickets that the students will be able to get to, uh, you know, be rewarded local cultural uh, rewards. But uh, that the student, that the teachers will be able to kind of pass out to the students if they score a certain certain level. So it's kind of like incentivizing. So, yeah, sort of incentivizing that good behavior and academics in the classroom. So. Really cool projects. Uh, I, I can't wait to hear them all and you know, see which one really resonate with the crowd. How did the innovators hook up with Citizenville or Citizenville, you know, attract these innovators? So we, we've been posting on Facebook. We have uh, citizenjackson.org slash Jackson Gumbo. We had a form out for them to complete. Uh, but really just the outreach, just the some of the projects that we had already known about, um, and they kind of just reached out and said, we're interested in raising money. Uh, I'm sure it was event. hard and to so, narrow your choices to just six uh, pitches. So yeah. probably mm-hmm. a lot of room to grow and host more events uh, like this, like yeah. the Jackson Gumbo. Well, we definitely want this to catch on to with Jackson and not just Jackson, but the rest of the state. So wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to have different you know, gumbo events throughout the state of Mississippi. Well, and I don't know, was it intentional? I mean, when you think about gumbo, you kind of think about this mashup of of ingredients and ideas, right, that come together to make this wonderful thing. That was the idea. I mean, with gumbo, you have all these ingredients. And so with this event, we have so many different people from different backgrounds that will be at this event. And so, you know, I can kind of picture, you know, just you're not going to, it's not going to be a typical event with, your friend group, right? Mm-hmm. Like the person next to you might be someone that otherwise you never would have met. Exactly. Um, so it really provides an opportunity for you to, um, you know, turn to your neighbor and, and ask them, like, you know, what project do mm-hmm. you, are you voting for? Mm-hmm. And then really start that conversation. And all of a sudden you, you're you understanding each other's, you know, shared values. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see the atmosphere. But Really, for Citizenville, like I said, it's a great sort of research for us to see, you know, how people engage uh, in what really resonates with them as as far as like community based projects. Yeah, yeah. what works here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Now, it's Jackson Gumbo. It takes place next Thursday, March 22nd at Cathead Distillery. Tell um, so. We got gumbo. Mm-hmm. Are you making the gumbo? Uh, yeah. So no, I'm not making the gumbo. <laughs> said, we, uh, we yeah, do, no. <laughs> but we do have um, a really good sponsor, uh, Lose Full Serve. Uh, they're they're providing the gumbo. Wow. Uh, so 
uh, it's going to be good. You, yeah, you can't beat anything yeah, from Lou's. Yeah. So that's a that that is great. Now, is there still time to get involved to uh, to get tickets? And where can we go to find them? Uh, well, if you go to the Facebook page, uh, just type in JXN Gumbo. Uh, we're the only JXN Gumbo happening, so it shouldn't be too bad, too hard to find it. Uh, and you will see the link to the Eventbrite. Uh, Wonderful. To purchase the pre-purchase tickets, but you can also purchase tickets at the door. Oh, that's great. Right, great. So. great. Mm-hmm. Now, what time do things get started on the 22nd? So uh, doors will open at 6, and uh, we're thinking about maybe around 7 o'clock we'll have the pitches. Um, we'll get started then. Wonderful. Yeah. That's great. And hopefully yeah. by 8 o'clock we'll have the winner announced. All right. Well, a fun really night. Really applaud you on this. This yeah, is well, really good. You, really you. positive. Well, J.J. Townsend with Citizenville Jackson is our guest today. Thank you for being in studio. Yeah. Uh, really fun to learn more about your organization and about Jackson Gumbo Micro Grant Dinner on Thursday, March 22nd at Cathead Distillery in downtown Jackson. It's time for our final break, but when we return, we'll welcome to the show music duo The Neon Sisters. Don't go anywhere because you don't want to miss what's coming up on Next Stop Mississippi. been a big part of my life. I grew up listening to it, and now I can give back and be a part of the mission by volunteering. And that's my MPB story. Share your story using hashtag my MPB story. You're listening to Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with MississippiToday.org, here with Visit Mississippi's Kamel King. We've had a lot of fun on the show today. We've had a lot of guests in studio, which we love. We love when our guests can be here with us in Jackson at MPB Radio. And it's just been a lot of fun to learn about the House St. Patty's Day Parade with Malcolm White. We talked to our friends in Hancock County about their upcoming Arts yeah. Alive event, which sounds super cool. And then, again, um, just, just coming off air, J.J. Town. Who was telling us yes, about indeed. Jackson Gumbo, a micro grant dinner, a really innovative idea. It really is. Share ideas about community projects and and get a vote in in what kind of comes to fruition through their program. Right. Really exciting. Now, uh, this weekend is the 35th annual House St. Patty's Day Parade in Jackson. A great weekend to be in the capital city. And things do get kicked off tonight with uh, the second line stomp starting at Cathead around 4 o'clock in the afternoon and ending at Hallamow's. A really fun, low-key way to get involved with the parade activities before tomorrow big day. Now, uh, we are welcoming to the show our musical guest. We have a musical guest at the end of, of the show each week. And on the line, we have Ariel Grace Smith and Skylar Rose Smith of Neon Sisters. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. Well, we got to know right off, where did you come up with the name Neon? And you don't spell it N-E-O-N. It's like knee, like your knees and on put together. So that's really cool. Where did you come up with that? Um, thank you. Well, what we actually did is um, the reason it's spelled K-N-E-E is um, kind of symbolizing whenever you pray, it's kind of symbolized that you take um, when you're on your knees. So it's kind of symbolizing pray on. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> That's really cool. Thank you. <clears throat> well, I was looking at you uh, you ladies' performance, and I got to tell you, uh, if if I wouldn't have known that you you were 16 and 14, uh, it would have blown me away. You guys really have some mature voices and do so well to be so young. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> now, tell us a little bit about your music for our listeners who aren't familiar with the Neon Sisters. Uh, what's your style? Well, our music is kind of, we have a bunch of different blends we like to put in our music. Um, we kind of like to blend some blues, and we have country music. Um, 
We also do like a little bit of classic rock, and we kind of like to blend all of our favorite genres together, so you kind of never know really what you're going to get. It's going to be a bunch of different music, um, and that's really how we like to play. Now, of course, you both are sisters, but uh, did you grow up in a music household, and when did you two know that you wanted to start creating music and creating it together and even start on this journey? Um, no, sir, we did not grow up in a musical household. Our parents, um, they had, we had always had an appreciation for music, um, but our parents didn't play or sing. It was um, a lot of self-interest. Skylar and I really enjoy music, and I don't really know when it was, maybe about three years ago, um, we decided to get into music and learning to play. I play guitar, and Skylar plays bass, and learning the instruments and kind of building um, everything from there, which has been a really fun experience, and it's definitely gotten more professional, and it is so much fun. Well, that's pretty interesting that you uh, girls just got started about three years ago because you do have a pretty packed tour schedule. You just performed last weekend at the Mississippi Gulf Coast uh, Barbecue and Bluegrass Festival. We had our friends Wayward Jones mm-hmm. on the show who were also on that bill. Tell us a little bit about what it's like to get out there as as young performers, as as performers pretty new to, to music yeah. itself, um, and play for these large audiences. It is definitely a fun experience. It's also great whenever you go to venues that have different artists. It's awesome being able to listen to all the different artists sing and listen to um, different people's styles of music, and then you make new friends along the way. And then also when you're performing your songs and you get to interact with the crowd. And overall, that's probably what we enjoy most about music is the performing and when you get to somewhere and you play the music. That is the best part. Now, uh, Ariel and Skylar, Ariel Grace, uh, who writes most of the songs, or do you guys write them together? Um, uh, what is your process now? We, um, it depends on the song. We have uh, several originals, and some of our originals were written by just me, Ariel, and some were written by Skylar. Some were with our dad, and some were um, with Skylar and I together. So it really just depends on the song and depends on the feeling. Um, one of our songs back to me how we written that one we were just um, my sister and I were just sitting down on the couch and she started singing and I started making up a melody and we said oh that sounds really cool we kind of played Mm -hmm. around with it and that ended up being our first original so what would you say are some of you guys musical influences I mean who do you guys listen to on your off time that you think kind of influenced the music that you're making now um, I would probably say Pistolanis and Miranda Lambert um, have been an influence just from their country, and we like to sing that twang. Um, um, it's, it's a lot of just different artists. Like, we listen to blues, so I try to... Stevie Ray Vaughan is one of my biggest inspirations for guitar and trying to work towards... That's a huge goal, um, but keep working towards getting better artists with my guitar and... Just kind of a lot of different um, artists is kind of what we base our music off of. Well, as you guys continue to grow and and shape your own sound, what do you see as uh, next steps for Neon Sisters? Our next steps would be to continue writing more originals and to get them recorded professionally so we can um, sell CDs and get them out to other people and, like, podcasts or um, YouTubes and all those so um, our music can be spread to more people and reach more people. So I think that is the most thing we're working on right now. And overall, just getting more shows and traveling to more places all over Mississippi and all over wherever we happen to be. Now, who is that handsome young man playing uh, the, the drum beat behind you guys? Is that is that you guys' father? Uh, no, sir. That is Mr. Kevin Westbrook. He is a friend of ours, and he has been really helping us out with even getting us some um, places to play. Like last night, we were able to do the Mississippi Songwriters Alliance. We were just kind of the house band where we um, do an instrumental beginning song and end song for the performer for the night. And Mr. Um, Kevin and Ronnie Davis kind of helped set that up for us. So Mr. Kevin, um, he's a really great drummer, and he's definitely been helping us out with that. So that's been really fun. 
That's great. Now, Ariel Grace, tell our listeners where you're going to be this weekend and where they can go to find out more about the Neon Sisters. So this weekend we will be at Bluesville Barbecue Restaurant in Lustow. Um, we'll be playing between 6 and 8. And to get more information about it, you can go to our Facebook page um, at Neon Sisters. Excellent, excellent. Well, do you think you guys will be working on a uh, full project soon? Um, I'm sorry. Like a full CD? Are, are you guys working on a full CD? Yes, sir, we are. We are definitely getting more music and we're um, ready to start recording a lot of our songs and that is um, probably one of our number one things we're working towards right now so um, that I would say probably sometime this year I don't know sooner than later it just kind of depends on how things roll and how the recording process goes but definitely um, yes sir we'll be getting that ready they sound so mature don't they like they know exactly where they're going I know I need a little bit of that Ariel Grace and Skylar Rose Smith are sisters they are the neon sisters an up and coming duo that you need to be on the lookout for we're going to go out uh, we're going to leave today's show with their song Back to Me so we know that our listeners will enjoy that and it's been a great day uh, today on Next Stop Mississippi we want to thank you our listeners for traveling with us today and thank all of our guests for joining us this morning Malcolm White, Steve Barney, J.J. Townsend, and music duo the Neon Sisters. Next Stop Mississippi was produced by Michelle McAdoo. For MPB Think Radio and for Kamel King, I'm Mary Margaret Miller. Southern Remedy for Women is up next, but join us again for another great trip on Next Stop Mississippi, only on MPB Think Radio.